thousand crappy songs season two blow wind blow episode three seven okay said Ginjazi as we were wrapping up next workshop is Wednesday night we'll be working in pairs do we choose our own partner or do you assign asked Baba Barbara Ginjazi shrugged up to you he said You can choose your own, and if you don't want to, I'll place you with someone. The class was breaking up. A few stragglers were chatting with Ginjazi. I waited my turn. Finally, he looked at me. Um, I said, I wondered what you thought of my moon song. What was it again? He asked. Even when you pass behind a cloud, I sang. Oh, right. It's okay, he said. It's a little... expected. It's... what's the word? Crappy, I said. Ginjazi shrugged. You don't need such labels. They'll freeze you up. But still, I said. Okay, he laughed. Crappy. Feel better? I went and gathered up my things. Come on Wednesday, he said. Collaboration. Super fun. I drove back through the canyon. This time I went toward the beach and drove along the coast for a little while. I kept thinking of songs. This was not what I wanted. I would have to tell Kilda I was done with the case. I didn't want to go back to Ginjazi's workshop. If he was stealing songs, so be it. Nothing I could do about it. My phone rang. I looked at the screen. It was Una. I hadn't talked to her in a while. I pressed the green talk button. Hi, I said. Hi, she said. What's up, I said. Nothing, she said. Just wanted to say hi. How's school, I said. Boring, she said. Oh, a slightly awkward silence. Hey, I saw your dad, I said. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He's out of jail, she said. So, that's pretty nice. He said he might record our song, I said. Oh, well, that'd be good. Yeah. I was just about to hang up when I said, Hey, what are you doing Wednesday night? Um, nothing. Want to come to a songwriting workshop? Why? Just because. I thought you were done writing songs. Basically, yes, but we could write one together. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay, I said. Come by my office around six. We'll ride out. Okay, she said. Okay, I said. Well, bye. Bye. Eight. Monday and Tuesday were slow days. I sharpened some pencils, moved some boxes around. I didn't like the way they looked, so I moved them back. On Tuesday morning, I got a phone call from a woman who wondered if I could find out why her stockings kept mysteriously disappearing. I kept on the phone with her for a while. Do you have a cat? I asked. 
Oh, yes, she said. There's your culprit, I said confidently. You think so? She said. Could be, I said. Could very possibly be. She was most appreciative and promised to keep me posted. In the afternoon, I called Kildow. Got his answering machine. Steve Kildow. I'm going to need expense money for these workshops, I said. Seventy-five per. And I'm taking a partner to this next one. So you're in for two and a quarter. I drummed my fingers on my desk for a long time. I realized I was thinking about bowling, so I drove over to the bowl. But they were having leagues, kids' leagues. Every lane was filled. The bumpers were up in the gutters. I watched for a little while. Hardly any of the kids had what you would call exceptional form. A couple kids had nice follow-throughs and could make the ball hook a little. But mostly they walked up, dropped the ball, and pushed it down the lane. It ambled along, hitting the bumpers a few times as it went. Sometimes they even got a strike that way. Then the kids would get all excited. But really, who cared if you got a strike like that? It was totally random at that point. I hung around a little while, but you can't watch that sort of thing very long. I went up to the cafe and had some rice, grabbed the paper, and went home. Before I went to sleep, I read the chess column detailing a 1927 game between Alakine and Capablanca. Alakine had white and lost despite a superior position when Capablanca rallied from two pawns down by employing a variation of the Nimzo-Croatian defense. I didn't understand a word of it, but still, thrilling stuff. 9. I woke up on Wednesday and had one thought. Pancakes. I considered a few different restaurants that made a good pancake. Then I remembered that I had some pancake mix on the shelf. So I went for it. Pancake mix, milk, an egg, some oil. I made ten little pancakes. Real maple syrup. Then, when I had eaten them, I was still hungry. So, I had some more. I knew that I would be writing songs that day. There was no reason to rush into the office. I stayed in my pajamas until three in the afternoon. I ate pancakes and lay around. Mm. When I heard the noise outside the window of kids coming home from school, I finally took a shower and got dressed. I put on a jacket. I didn't always wear a jacket to the office, but writing songs was different. I went to the office and sat at my desk. I took out a file of cases I was working on. It was a very thin file. Maybe I needed to advertise. How did people get detective clients anyway? Melnick had thrown me the Kildow case. I didn't have much else. Should I write a radio ad? Maybe I'd write a jingle. If you need somebody tailed, come to me. If the cops have tried and failed, come to me. It wasn't a terrible idea. I had a Yellow Pages ad, a small one, I basically favored the low-key approach, but it didn't seem to be working that well. I once heard someone say, do your work and good things will come to you. That's what I was trying to do, just a lot of faith and hope. But it was hard to eat faith and hope. That's not a bad song, I thought out of habit. It's hard to eat faith and hope. These thoughts were interrupted by the buzzer from below. 
Yeah, I said. I'm here, came a voice. It was Una. I buzzed her in and she came up. So, she said, ready? We drove out to Topanga, mostly in silence. We got to the coffee shop. I had tea. Una had chocolate milk. The other songwriters started to arrive. Then, Ginjazi breezed in. This time he was all in purple. He was smiling. Everyone was smiling. I wondered if smiling was useful in writing songs. It seemed like a lot of work. We drifted into the workshop room. We took seats and Ginjazi got things going. We did our names again. And when it was Una's turn, she stood up and sang, Una, Una, Una is my name, oh. Catchy. Everyone caught on right away. The girl had a gift. We did some warm-up exercises, little vocal things. Then an exercise where we had to sing about our first pet to the tune of Three Blind Mice while standing on one leg. Ginjazi announced that we were going to pair up. I nudged Una with my elbow. You're with me, I whispered. She shrugged, as if to say, maybe I'll team up with someone else. What a sense of humor. I want you to write about your parents, Ginjazi said. In the verse, paint a picture. In the chorus, give us something in nature. Like a tree? Someone asked. Like a tree, said Ginjazi. You have 30 minutes. 10. We went outside and found an empty bench. Do you want to write about your parents? said Una. Not really, I said. Do you? Okay, said Una. How about when your dad got out of jail? I said. That must have been quite a thing. Nah, she said. How about their anniversary? I said. Maybe we could work the date in. When's their anniversary? I don't know, said Una. She didn't look too enthused. Remember when you first came to see me? I said. You said your dad seemed distracted? You thought he had another wife? Yes, said Una. How about that, I said. Una nodded. Okay. This was the first verse. Standing at the window, he thinks of someone else. Lying on the bed, she does not suspect. We kind of slurred the she, so it worked out nice. How about the chorus, I said. Rain, trees, wind? Una considered. Wind. The chorus was, Blow, wind, blow, tell us what you know. Blow, wind, blow, blow us all around. Blow, wind, blow, blow us all around the town. It was a sad, wistful melody. We could have banged out another verse, but our 30 minutes was up. The others were filing back in. Okay, I said. I guess we're done. Let's go on back. I'd like to tell you about the other songs, but I was too busy making sure I could remember the melody of Blow, Wind, Blow. Ginjazi had some comments about each song. Then, it was our turn. Una and I stood up. She held the notebook with the lyrics. Together, we sang, Standing at the window, he thinks of someone else. Lying on the bed, she does not suspect. Blow, wind, blow, tell us what you know. Blow, wind, blow, blow us all around. 
Blow, wind, blow, blow us all around the town. Nice one, said Ginjazi. Can we hear that again? Ginjazi fiddled with his phone. With his fingertips, he slid it slightly toward us. We sang the song again. Ginjazi tapped his phone when we were done. Nice work, you two, said Ginjazi. So, we had made the cut. Eleven. I drove Una back to my office. I could take you home, I said. It's all right, she said. Did she not want me to know where she lived? She was certainly mysterious. Well, she was Hal's shoe's daughter, after all. That was fun, said Una. We wrote a good song. We did. Thanks for coming along. What should we do with it, said Una. Give it to my dad to record? No, I said. We just sit and wait. Hopefully Ginjazi gives it to someone and passes it off as his own. Then we nail it. Aha, said Una. This is a detective job. I'm afraid so. Well, that makes sense. I thought you didn't want to be a songwriter anymore. Not so much. Well, anyway, we did it. Yep. Wait and see, I guess, she said. Yep. We arrived at my office. She got out of the car. Later, I said. Blow, wind, blow, said Una. Thousand Crappy Songs is brought to you by Amnesia because who am I and why am I here? This episode written and voiced by Dan Burns. Produced by Dan Burns and Will Massasak. Songs by Dan Burns. The show's theme music and score written by Will Massasak and Dan Burns. Sound designed by Mario Schreining and Will Massasak. If you like the show, there's no mystery as to what to do. Just visit us at danburn.com, look for the donate button, and donate. Thanks. Tune in next time for another edition of 10,000 Crappy Songs.